Oh man, we got the, we got NPR coming yeah. up, brother. But we're gonna it's talk about this 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 uh, bus tour because it's very important to understand what what the the the, the meat and potatoes of it is. What what's the what's at the core of the toxic bus tour three? This is the third bus tour that I will have done, right? In order to inform the people of our community of what is going on with regard to the air that you're breathing. Why is the small the highest the highest amount of smog over the black community? Huh? Why is it that that we're the ones that are living near? Why do we have power stations in our community? Why do we live near them? Huh? Why was Ebor City designed for wastewater to run down into the bottom where black folks live? Why Why do we live in these things? We're going to talk about that and more when we come back on the Sunday Forum. Uh, give us some time. we, we got to go to, like, to an NPR break. This is Walter us with the second and fourth estate. We'll be right back. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Luis Schiavone. The daughter of a top Putin ally has died in a car bombing in the Moscow area. Russian investigators say 29-year-old Daria Dugina was killed when a car bomb detonated in a car owned by her father, Alexander Dugin, an advocate of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. As monkeypox cases grow beyond 14,000 in the U.S., the White House is working to spread awareness among those at higher risk. At the same time, NPR's Amy Held reports, 1.8 million additional doses of vaccine will be made available starting tomorrow. Officials are using an untested strategy of splitting each dose into five to reach more people with less vaccine they say is sufficient to be effective. There has not been enough for those now at higher risk, gay and bisexual men. The federal government is targeting outreach at pride events. But while the virus is mainly spread through close physical contact, it can can also happen via respiratory droplets or contaminated surfaces. The New York State Department of Health is reporting its first known case in a child. In New York City, data show the outbreak there may have already peaked. And in the UK and parts of Canada, which began vaccinating weeks before the US, signs show cases are beginning to slow down. Amy Held, NPR News. A crippling week-long rail strike in the U.K. shows no sign of ending. Meantime, Villa Marx reports workers at a major trade port in the country's southeast are also walking off the job. Nearly 2,000 Unite Union members working at the container port of Felixstowe have begun an eight-day strike following a wage dispute. They said a 7% raise offered by the company operating the port fell below the current rate of inflation and would therefore fail to maintain their standard of living. Several hundred port workers are not involved in the strike at a facility that handles almost half Britain's container trade. But those unloading ships and driving cranes are walking off the job, so the port will struggle to maintain operations. Meanwhile, rail union workers have refused an 8% raise after a week-long strike crippled the UK's rail network. For NPR News, I'm Willem Marks. In India, at least 50 people have been killed in monsoon season flash floods and landslides in the past three days. NPR's Lauren Freyer reports. Seasonal rains have been particularly heavy over the past few days across much of northern and eastern India. Swollen rivers have washed away bridges, homes and power lines. Thousands of residents have evacuated low-lying areas. Dozens are missing. Rescuers are combing debris in search of survivors. South Asia is home to a quarter of the world's population. And it's also one of the region's hardest hit by climate change. Scientists say erratic monsoons, drought alternating with heavy cloud bursts, are becoming more common here. It's hurting farming and thus the food supply as well as people's safety. Lauren Freyer, NPR News, Mumbai. This is NPR. The killing of 19 children and two teachers in Uvalde, Texas, nearly three months ago has spawned a big effort by artists to help families process the tragedy. Texas Public Radio's Jack Morgan has more. Artists are painting one mural each for all who died on May 24th at Robb Elementary School. The large portraits of the mass shooting victims are being painted throughout the city of Uvalde. El Paso artist Albert Tino Ortega said he was horrified by the Walmart shootings in his city in 2019 and wanted to help Uvaldeans cope. It really hit close to home because it made me think of my own daughter. It made me think like, well, this could be me. Those voluntarily painted murals should be finished this weekend. I'm Jack Morgan in San Antonio. 
12-year-old Easton Oliverson has awakened and is out of intensive care after a severe head and brain injury from falling from a bunk bed at the dormitories at the Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, early Monday. According to doctors, the young outfielder from Utah suffered an epidural hematoma after his skull fractured, coupled with a punctured artery outside the brain causing internal bleeding. The youngster plays for Utah's Snow Canyon team. Kyle Hafen, the Snow Canyon coach, says it's been a comfort for the young team to be surrounded by such support during an emotional week. Having your family and friends here, it means the world to you. The Utah child is now relearning how to walk and eat and a promising sign for both doctors and friends and family. I'm Louise Schiavone, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Culligan Water since 1936. A local Culligan specialist can provide in-home water tests and custom recommendations to treat the unique attributes of a home's water. More at Culligan.com. WMNF, speaking truth to power since 1979. Hey, this is d the Poet from Poetry Is. Sundays at 8 p.m. on WMNF. Check out our community's next Poet of the Month. Hypnotized by your cadence, you pipe-piped your way into my heart, your sweet vernacular, hypodermic needle to my soul. I am your biggest fan, your junkie, fiending for your words, rocking myself to sleep, staring at the corners of your lips, waiting for the doors of your mouth to open. Bid me entry. Let me scale the walls of your vaulted cathedral. Let me lay at the altar of your tongue. I want to hear your voice box orchestra compose my name like sweet music. That was Gemini Fox, your August Poet of the Month. Hear the whole poem, learn more about the artist and how WMNF supports its local art community at WMNF.org. What up, fam? WMNF The Soul Kitchen is on the road. David White Pepper Bryant will be at New World Brewery from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. We'll be spending some great soul, funk, and jazz tunes live at the Beer Garden. New World Brewery is located near the corner of Bush in Nebraska and Tampa. The Soul Kitchen will dish up some tasty musical gumbo. That's The Soul Kitchen live Wednesday, August 17th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at New World Brewery. Good looking out, fam. And check out WMNF.org for more details. Hey, what's going down, family? It's your resident chef, Big Eddie G, inviting you to the Soul Kitchen. Me and my assistant chef, Mr. White Pepper David Bryant, serve up the best of R&B and soul music with a pinch of hip-hop and jazz and a dash of fun. So stop by Friday nights from 8 to 10 p.m., bring your appetite, the kitchen will show enough fill you up right here only on 88.5 WMNF. Right now, you're tuned to the Sunday Forum here on WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM with Walter L. Smith and the Fourth Estate Crew. We're taking your telephone calls, 813-239-9663. Looks like we're going to start talking about the environment, climate change, the toxic bus tour that's coming up. Don't want to miss that. Having... Serious political discussion here on the Sunday Forum every Sunday morning. If you want to call in, call us 813-239-9663. Or you can write us, DJ at WMNF.org.
have some difficulties there. I have a little bit of difficulties. There was a song we were trying to play up that was uh, pretty revolutionary. <laughs> okay. So good stuff, man. Uh, it's conscious hip hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming out of Nation of Islam, people uh, oh. from the from the, the Fruit of Islam put together an album that was really good stuff, man. I, I mean, it, it it puts you in the mind. A lot of people who don't know this um, in in the in the eighties, at least late eighties, and the and the nineties, at least to the mid nineties, a lot of a lot of the. Um, The basis of information that was put out was, was uh, in terms of hip hop, uh, was was put together and 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 used, uh, collected from the Nation of Islam, mm. right? Because there was the, there is this uh, they they derived from movements like the Mar- Mar- Marcus Garvey's movement, um, the the. Um, uh, the Noble Drew Ali and the Moorish Temple movements, um, mm-hmm. things of that nature that, that actually moved to give black people uh, who were only first generation out of slavery literally a sense of self, mm-hmm. right? And and actually told truth with regard to history um, and, and historical factors that gave that gave them uh, that gave us views, gave our our ancestors, our grandmothers and great grandmothers, right? Many of them. Uh, the 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 views about community and how to grow community and build nation nation building uh, came from groups like that all the way up until the nineties into the nation. So you're talking about from the, from the turn of the century, literally, up yeah. until the nineties, right? About as long as the NAACP has been organized. That's right. But we know that during the Great Depression, the uh, Nation of Islam was out there. Right. That's right. Nineteen thirty-two. 1932. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Elijah Poole, who later became Elijah Muhammad, mm-hmm. was a member of the Noble Drew Ali's uh, Moorish Temple at one point, and uh, and actually formed ultimately the Nation of Islam. Um, and of course, as, as you know, Malcolm X, great Malcolm X, mm-hmm. whose father was a Garveyite. That's right, right. And my and father was a Malcolmite. secretary. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But, His mother was a secretary for Marcus Garvey's movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's um, Black August. Hey, man, Black <laughs> August, baby, Black August. Uh, this is important because we're talking about the the uh, Toxic Bus Tour. Toxic Bus Tour is, is a, was a brainchild of mine to help to establish uh, knowledge. In our communities, in frontline communities, with regard to what's happening with our energy companies and and uh, the environmental issues that are going on in our communities that are affecting us in ways that we have absolutely many of us have no idea that these things are happening, absolutely none. And so the question then becomes: What do we do? Well, we inform and we educate. And the best way that I came up to do it, to, to show it and illustrate it, was to actually go and take a ride down the industrialized coastline to go into our community and show the contrast between our communities and communities that were being supported. To show the energy burdens that exist and the, and the reason why they exist. Why is it that, uh, that I have a cousin who lived in in, a, in an affluent neighborhood at one time, ran up on some hard times and had to move into a less affluent neighborhood. But her bill, her energy bill, is double what it was in an apartment than what it was when she lived in a house. Yeah, how that? How is that? How is that? And there are weatherization programs out there right now that exist in our community that we many of us have never even heard of. We don't even know they exist. And we don't, and if we if we do know they exist, we don't know how to access them. Why is that? What is weatherization? Weatherization is the process to which your homes, or where you live, is reinforced so that you're able to have more energy efficiency in your home. 
to help to lower your bill, your your energy bills. But we got people still out there struggling, man, to be able to pay their electric bill, Billy. They're going out there and they're they're standing in long lines at 4 o'clock in the morning. 4 o'clock in the morning to be able to pay the electric bill, to get help. And they're getting talked down to like they're they're garbage. Mm -hmm. You know, my aunt called me the other day and and said that that, uh, there was a group out there that was doing that out in Bartow. You know, they talk down to the people and tell them, go home, I'm not going to serve you serve you today. You're not going to serve us today. What do you mean? We're here, we're here, we're standing in line. These are older people, elderly people who, who have no transportation, truthfully, who are getting one shot at going to get their electric bill paid that, that, is, that is probably sky high, and they're going to stand in this line and, and, and you know, it's sitting in line anyway in a wheelchair or whatever it is they're in, in the most uncomfortable of, of possibilities and, 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 and situations. And you mean to tell me you're going to send them home and then not service them? Right. If there's a lot of people who need financial aid on paying their light bills, you might get a no at the last minute. Right. And you end up sitting in the dark because at the last minute they couldn't do it. Come on. Because there's so many people who needed the help. Come on. Come on. This happens all the time, folks. What, that is an energy burden when you have to figure out how you're going to pay your light bill, your energy bill, and how uh, put food on the table, or pay your energy bill and your rent, pay your energy bill and put gas in the car to go to work. Uh, not only that, the energy bill, but what about the insurance? I mean, we have oh, climate change, and and people are people's homes are impacted, flooded out, or something happens. To their home, and, and insurance companies don't want to even cover it, let alone pay for it. They, they, you can't even find a policy in Florida for for flood. No man, flood no. insurance. No. If you're a homeowner, no, they're so trying to they're trying to get out of it. Their insurance companies that are getting out of it altogether. You know, hey, so there's no help. No, but absolutely no. So, so the the bus tour. Uh, first of all, for everybody that, that wants to know the bus tour, that needs to know the bus tour is on is going to be held this month. On next Saturday, the twenty seventh, from nine a.m. to three p.m., we board at uh, at eight thirty a.m. at the Dr. Walter L. Smith Library on the corner of Albany and Cypress in West Tampa, and uh, we get on the bus there, and we will drive through West Tampa's area the neighborhood to show you some of the energy burdens. The highest energy burden uh, in Hillsborough County is eleven percent, right here in Hillsborough County, and in that eleven percent, that's the, that's higher than the national average. Hmm. Right, which is at guess what, six percent. Hmm. Big difference, huh? Big, big difference. Yeah, very big difference. I'd say. I mean, so when we talk about when we talk about that type of thing, that's what we talk about on the bus tour, and we show people how that works. Uh, and, and I'm wrong. Uh, actually, the the national average. I'm sorry. With three times the national average, which is actually three percent. Three times the national average. Three times the national average. Okay, that's right. That's that's your Blake High School. That's mm-hmm. the that's that's the that's the energy burden percentage. Okay, mm-hmm. that's how hard it is for people to pay the electric bill around there. Okay, uh, you know, so so Tico's looking to raise rates, and they have raised rates. And so people are paying higher electric bills right now, higher energy bills. Yet weatherization programs are not being pushed appropriately, right? Who who gives money to a group, to a nonprofit organization that doesn't monitor how the the program is going? I've never seen anything like that, right? Right. So my question then becomes... How, how detached are you? How detached are you that you would that you would do something like that and not even know for certain the impact, the importance, or or the, the have measurable results of the impact that you're making right here in Hillsborough County? There's something wrong with that, Mobili. Yeah. There's something wrong with that, and that's what's happening here in Hillsborough County. We have so many houses that are not weatherized, so they can't have solar energy like we want clean energy right now, right? So they can't have solar energy 
not just because they can't, many of them can't afford it, but there are programs that do help to afford, to make it work. So stop telling st- people that are out there telling that lie. Stop. Stop telling that lie that you can't get sold on your home. You can get sold on your home. There are ways around it. There are ways to do it, and there are affordable ways to do it. There are programs that help to get it done. The president just signed the uh, the IRA, the, uh, and, and let me tell you right now, we are getting, you know, this stuff, help is coming. Help is here. Help is here. That's the Inflation Reduction Act. Exactly, the Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah. And part of that has to deal with environmental energy right. efficiency. Mm-hmm. We cannot continue to do what we're doing. We we nope. we can't continue to do this, man. And how is it that 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 St. Pete City Council, man, votes against caps, uh, uh, some sort of relief on rent? I know, right? I mean, it seems like out of fear of being sued by the property owners. Who cares? Have some guts. Have a daggone spine. Have a spine. (laughs) You know? Take a stand. I hope they heard what I said, too. Get a damn spine. We do have 70,000 watts. I'm sure somebody heard you. I'm sure sure they did. (laughs) Somebody doesn't like me right now. Dave Coleman, what's up, man? Dave Coleman's watching Super Dave. I like Super Dave. Dave is awesome. He goes to everything. Out there, man. Okay. You see Dave out there. He's got the long beard. My man Dave is out there, and he has he has his camera. And he's gonna tell it, right. whatever it is. He's gonna tell it. What's up, Dave? Right. Uh, warrior, yeah, man. Uh, so let's talk about this coal ash ponds, man. So coal ash is is a real thorn in the side of 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 our community, and we don't even know it, right? Yeah. Uh, coal is a fossil fuel, just like gas right. is a fossil fuel. Neither one is a good a good thing to use in terms of energy development, right? But especially not coal because of the residuals. Exactly, exactly. Coal ash is one of them, right? You and I took a drive out there down to Palo Beach, and we, we saw the coal the coal plant, um, and what what actually has has turned from a gas plant to a coal. Uh, I'm sorry, from a coal plant portion of it has been turned to gas, natural gas, natural gas. Uh, which doesn't make it any better. No, because of methane. Oh God, and, and, and more than that, the fracking. Yeah, you have to blast into rock. Yeah, with carcinogenic acids that are left in the water and the ground mm. that people are exposed to in their communities. So yeah, it's not done here in Florida. At least they no. say it's not done here in Florida. Uh, but nevertheless. Um, Get it in the Rocky Mountains, I'm sure. Colorado. Yeah, yeah let's go poison those folks up there, <laughs> right? Jeez, man, you know, it, it just doesn't get any better, bro. Anyway, uh, anyway, Tampa, uh, Tampa has coal ash ponds. Hillsborough County has more coal ash ponds within flood within the flood zone than anywhere else in in uh, in the state, right? And so, with that being the case, those those coal ash ponds were not lined. And are not lined, right? And there have been some breaches. Yes. That, that does not make it good at all. Because coal ash actually has heavy metals. Which means it's radioactivity. Which means there are also other carcinogens, arsenic, right. thallium, right. things of that nature. You find that in, in, in groundwater and in drinking water in, in, at certain levels. Right, so the uh, the the solution has been to inject beneath the the aquifer, right? Well, that, that's that's a different that's a different that's situation. A different situation. Different situation right? You're talking about uh, Piney Point. Yeah, Piney, Piney Point, Point. Right, because Piney that was Point. that was some pollution. That was something, and there's something new going on in, in Manatee. Mm. I don't know, and we'll talk about that in a little bit too. But what happens with the coal ash is. In coal ash, you have all these things that are poisonous that are in the in the ash, and and they are. I've been told that they've been put out of those ponds into one big lined pond. That's oh. tw- one big old pond, acres acres large, right? That watch this, twenty five feet high, right? But it's been shown that in the thirty in the category three to five hurricane, that level hurricane. 40, we expect 40-foot wave surges to come through. And there are new numbers now that have come out through the Phoenix Project. 
that actually prove that that the water, the wave surge will will breach those those ponds. And what communities are around there? Clear Mill, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Progress Village. Hope you're listening. Hope you're listening, Palm River. Hope y'all listening. I was just down there speaking to them last week about it. And the point is, is that is that is that dangerous. Now, mind you, it's not just don't don't think it's just Claire Mill and Progress Mill. No, 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 no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Think about the fact that this stuff is given. Just go to the website. Go to the go to our energy company's website, right? Our Tico website, and you can find all this information right in there. Right? But it's hidden. You got you gotta dig in there. You gotta dig in, dig in, dig in. But you don't know when they, when they tell you, well, there's a byproduct, there's a a, a use for, a final use for coal ash. Well, what's that final use? Coal ash is used also for uh, an aggregate for uh, making roads. Well, that's been shown to not be very good because it leaches off the roadways into the groundwater and into the, into the land. Oh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Then we're talking about using coal ash to change the pH in soil, so farmers get some of that stuff and try to use it in, and use it in their soil. So, does that make any sense? I mean, to use but, it as fertilizer? Uh, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I would not think so. I wouldn't want to use it as fertilizer. I wouldn't want to use it as, as a way to change the pH either, in any way. I find some other way to do that. Uh, well, we have some telephone calls. People look like they're interested in. Chiming in. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Come on. What we got? Let's go to telephone lines here. You're listening to the Sunday Forum. Go ahead, caller. You're on. Good morning, Walt. How's it going? Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing good. This is Eddie Adams. Hey, how you doing? I heard part of the show yesterday when you was on TMP, and I just wanted to... You know I got a degree in microbiology. Yes, sir. So, what you guys were saying about parts per million... Is considered safe. It's considered safe long as you only consume small amounts. There are certain minerals that store up in your body, and your body don't get rid of them naturally. You know, like you could take all the vitamin C you want, and you can never OD because the body would take what it needs, and it will release the rest of it. But it's a lot of stuff that we consume from these areas where the government says it's safe. It's safe as long as you consume small amounts. If the body don't get rid of them naturally, they will store up in your body and become hazardous beyond the point which the government tell everybody. Mm-hmm. That's right. So That's your right. body will store certain elements and you don't know that you're in trouble till you're in trouble. That's right. It's too late. That's right. It's too late. It's too late so, at that point. I just wanted to make sure because the government would say, yes, yeah, healthy, it's okay, but that's long long as you only consume so many parts per million. That's right. Once you get over a certain amount, it starts storing up, and then later they come and tell you, you got this cancer, you got that, you know, and, and it was something that they don't told you is safe, and everybody believes something when the government says, you okay, but you're not. You're not. Absolutely. And Eddie, let me tell you, uh, with coal ash, it's very dangerous because because the government, the EPA, uh, and I, uh, the EPA has not designated coal ash as a hazardous waste or hazardous right. material, right. which makes exactly. it very dangerous to uh, uh, um, politically and otherwise. It, because it, you know, now the businesses, big business, doesn't even have to do anything about it. Well, the, what they don't, what they don't want to happen, while is they don't want you see these ads on TV for all these lawyers who don't went hmm. back thirty years. Well, if you was at Camp Lejeune, or if you consume this or whatever, you know, and then they start suing these companies and they start getting these billion dollar lawsuits. But it's from something that happened twenty thirty years ago, mm-hmm. and they knew then it was dangerous. Mm-hmm. Just that the law, the lawyers aren't caught up with them. Exactly, exactly, and it's just a matter of time. I mean, and, and 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 I'm telling you, this is bad. We we have got that black folks. We got to be on top of understanding what this stuff is, what it does to you. It will kill you. 
Yeah. It will kill you. It, it, you know, so, you know, don't just think because they say, oh, well, we give, we give, as Tico says, oh, yeah, we, we're going to give, uh, we give our, our coal ash away to roadway developers. Really? That makes you feel comfortable? Knowing that you give this stuff away to roadway developers, that it leaches out from under the roads? Really? We're going, we're going, we're okay with that. We're okay with giving it to farmers. Mm-hmm. To change the pH in soil, we're okay with with filling in inactive mines, surface mines, with this stuff, right? Okay, all right. Well, and and Walt, Walt, think yes, about sir. this: for years and years and years and years, they knew cigarettes was dangerous. They knew it would kill you. That's right. Then after all these people done died, they go back and say, "Well, we sorry, we got a lawsuit, and we'll we'll pay the descendants." <laughs> Because most, most of the ones who were doing it way back when are dead, we'll give you so much money to help you feel good. And it ain't enough, you know, to do anything with, but they can clear their mind by saying we we took care of the of the descendants of, 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 of the smoke. Oh, man, no. No. You know, and, and, and so are you, the question I ask for everybody out there listening, you know, are you willing to take that chance? No, hell no. You know, this is this is not. They're not going to pay. They're not. Listen, did you see what happened with this with the people who were the slag who who died because of the poor OSHA regulations at Tico? You saw that? Yep. Half a million dollars. Right. Yeah. The slap they, on the wrist of these guys. They ain't trying to be. They ain't trying to be fair. They trying to clear the conscience and say we did something. Yeah. <laughs> there's no. There's no. This fa- how are those families gonna bury these people? What are they gonna do now? These people can't they can't put food on the table. They can't do anything. They, they, so 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 what are they saying? They're paying you to ultimately what we're looking at, folks, is they're paying you to kill to paying you for them to kill them. I mean you you're paying them to kill you. That's that's basically what we're looking at. Right, right. It's it it's it, it's collateral damage. Absolutely. You know, to make billions of dollars and then come back and clear their mind. Because so my grandfather died in 1973, and and I filed for part of the cigarette lawsuit, and I think I, I got like three or four thousand dollars. But so did a whole bunch of other people because everybody filed for the same suit, and they got issued so much money, then they, then they just split it between everybody who filed. Right. There's no there's no amount of money for this, man. You know, you can't replace a father, a mother. Nope. A son, daughter, you can't replace somebody for that. People are irreplaceable, but this can be cleaned up. People are irreplaceable, but this can be cleaned up. And and the way it can be done is when black folks, especially because we are at the top of the list of all the illnesses, of all the illnesses and impacts that take place, we are the ones that get it the worst. Uh, This is our own Eddie Adams. Eddie, you sound good, though. Well, thank you. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I, I tell folks, there's no accident that black folks suffer every illness coming down the pipe mm. because we are the ones that least will fight it. We, we, we give them the, the like water. We give them the path of least resistance every time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and we, we got to do something about it, man. Uh, you saw the folks down in, in Televas, you know, but uh, the co- but the the bus tour uh, is on the twenty seventh. Uh, we have another one on the twenty fourth. Uh, you know, don't want to miss it, folks. Come on out to the to the Toxic Bus Tour on the twenty seventh of August, next Saturday. Um, boarding at eight thirty a.m., leaving at nine a.m., coming back at three p.m. We're going to look at at the energy burdens. We're going to look at the pollutions, the, the pollutants why the pollution is happening, the extent of the pollution that's, that's happening, um, you know, and how we can stop it, how we can stop this. And the only way we can stop it, folks, is with you. You got to know what's going on. Eddie Adams just called in. Thank you, Eddie. You know, we appreciate you, Eddie, from Porch Talk. We appreciate you, brother. And, you know, there's um, a new poll called, from this, this summer, the impact of extreme weather on views about climate policy in the United States from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation shows that 68% of Floridians, that's a big number, say they've been personally affected by hurricanes or severe weather in the last five years. 
Now, Tampa itself has been pretty lucky we haven't had the the the, the 30-foot wave. But can the seawall hold? Can you build a strong enough seawall? Will downtown St. Pete or <laughs> downtown Tampa be Downtown flooded? Tampa will be, all the first floors of every single building in downtown Tampa will be underwater. Yeah, that's that's been that's been clear. That's been made very clear. That's been made very clear. And we got to pay attention. If there have been some simulations such as the one that was made in the run up to Hurricane Katrina, uh, there was some simulations about what a potential Hurricane Pam would do. That's what we called it in the simulation. And it did some damage. Plus, we had the experience of major flooding just 10 years prior to the coming of Hurricane Katrina. That was a lot that was uh, that we there were a lot of warning, but of course we know that the levees did not hold, mm-hmm. especially in the poor communities. That's the community that really got drenched. Now, the tourists in <laughs> in the right there in the French quarters, they were fine. You know, they were okay after a while. You know, that water receded pretty fast. But the poor community, it took almost ten years of my visiting back. To see that there was still no change, there was still no rebuilding, there was still these houses sitting dilapidated mm-hmm. in New Orleans. So, you know, we know that there's a class strata to this once we've been impacted. So this is the reason why we have to keep on top of it. And now we do have another telephone call. Someone wants to chime in here on the Sunday Forum. Go ahead, call you on the Sunday Forum. Yeah, brothers, first of all, I got five topics and three subtopics, but I'm very linear. So I'm going to get through this real quick and not be a uh, hog of the call. Let me start with the fact that, as I've said to you before, as a trained journalist myself and someone who has dabbled in being radio, you guys are objectively the best show on MNF. You guys are doing <laughs> you guys are doing cutting edge journalism. I've heard more facts relevant to the local community, actionable facts that can give us a chance to change our world for the better. Plus, your bus tour is a form of witnessing participatory journalism that you won't see from the Tampa Bay Times, NPR, or anybody else. Your show is what all MNF shows should be doing. I can tell that wow. before you came on the air, you did depth research and analysis and discussion, and in your mind, you tried to figure out the most judicious, cogent, and concise way of bringing actionable alarm and facts about fixing those harms that are coming and happening. And I just want to, you know, I'm not trying to flatter you or stroke your egos, but that is the preface to this call. Wow. Thank you very much. Well, it's provable, brothers, and I've told station management that you guys should be prime time. I believe, also, let me say this to you, your audio, the way your voices come through, the way you've got, if you've got compression or equalization or however you're doing your voices, whatever kind of mics you're using, your, your distance from the mic, your pacing, and just those beautiful temptations like voices, my brothers. <laughs> you guys have it all. I, I, I suggest, and I'm gonna go on to relevant topics and get off of here. I highly suggest you guys do a podcast. Wow, wow. I guarantee you that you would be on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify within a year. If you guys just look, trust me, talk to your friends in media and in podcast industry, send them some sample tapes, uh, maybe have some music in there, like some soul temptations, old OJs and stuff, (laughs) and you could rock it all the way and beat Joe Rogan's um, anyway. (laughs) That would be wonderful. Let me get to the topics. All right. I, had, I was driving home listening to you, standing in line to get help for electricity. How about in Georgia, they make you stand in line for hours to vote, and you and by law, people can't bring you water during the time you're standing in line. How about wow. Yeah. Wow. I did not like know that. They're supposed to be buying votes just to give people water. Right. To stand right. <laughs> Okay, number two topic. Wow. We're talking about all this, all these pollution ponds. All the whole state is being turned into an industrial zone. Right. That's what de Satan means by freedom. He means the freedom to cut down all the trees, 
loot everywhere, especially minority communities, do horrible stuff to people and animals and the environment and everyone's health. And topic number three, notice that DeSatan and his ilk claim to be pro-life. But the industries that they serve, the special interest lobbyists that they bend over for, the horrible laws that they enacted give people the freedom to destroy our quality of life and our very lives in this state. They are all death industries, death industries. So these pro-lifers, well, they might care about a fetus, but once it's born, it can be poisoned, it can be throttled, it can be run over. In the Bay Area, we have the worst pedestrian and bicyclist. These people are free and pro-life to kill. Number four, you talked about that they cut electricity is a necessity, food is a necessity. I'll tell you what, in a way, we are all on a plantation, and the master controls everything that we must have in order to survive. And at any time, they can bring us to our knees by shutting down the gasoline pumps, the Internet, electricity, cell phones. And that's what they do in countries where there's a street revolution, the China, etc., Russia. They cut the cell phones. They stop people from being able to communicate. And to communicate. Right. Mm. Last topic is this, is that... We have to fight back just like the slaves did in America. We have to fight back like Martin Luther King did. We have to fight back like all the environmentalists who are being murdered in Brazil because this is not a soft war. This is a hard war, and it's just like this how local it is. And then I'm going to get off here. In my neighborhood every week, a guy comes from a poisoning company called Terminex, and he uses a leaf blower to spray poison all over my neighborhood. I'm an organic vegan with an edible yard full of fruit trees and nut trees, and he kills all the bees and other pollinators and makes me sick. And when I called the company to complain, they said, quote, this is Florida. We're free. We are legal. We can do whatever we want in your neighborhood. Hung up. Whoa. Terminex. Isn't that a great name for a death industry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that you say that, <laughs> never thought of it that way. You guys are doing death journalism that very few other media people are doing. I'm a journalist myself. I can't get the Tampa Bay Times. You notice that the Tampa Bay Times, they win Pulitzers and all that. But when did they, in the last, since your show started, you have done more journalism. Expo and I like your attitude is, as a real journalist, their attitude is there's corruption and bad stuff everywhere, and we journalists are obligated to expose it and help you fix it. That is That attitude has been gone from journalism. Right. It's now journalism entertainment or infotainment. Man. You guys are real journalists, and I give you props, I give you praise, and I praise God for you. Oh, man, thank you, brother. We, we really you, appreciate that. Have a that. great day. Have a great week, thank and thank you. you again. All right, thank all you. right. And we're going to keep on. We're going to keep, keep on, on doing it, man, because... Hey, we know something, you, right? This is you know, <laughs> clearly. I, I'm, I'm definitely flattered by that. Definitely flattered by that. I, but right. um, you know, this is this is serious. This is very serious. The 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 toxic bus tour, toxic bus tour, man. You do not want to miss it. Uh, this not, is nine forty three in the a.m. We got one more call. Let's get it. Let's get it. Who we got? Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday forum. Uhuru, what's going on, brother? African, you all right? What's going on, brother? African, man, I'm in the game. I'm about to start, brother. I'm making it, brother. Making it. Well, first of all, I just want to, as always, appreciate the program. I'm not going to uh, offer a lot of platitudes. I mean, the other callers cannot be beat, uh, you know, uh, with the level of uh, awesome flattery. Uh, well deserved. <laughs> I'm not going to start. I, you, know, I, I, you know, nothing's been said about that, but I really do uh, appreciate the program uh, today, of course, and, uh, you know, and always. I uh, want to just say, you know, hands off Tim Namali used to tell her and the African People's Socialist Party in your whole movement. And uh, everybody ought to be down with that campaign. Be that the United States government's attack on the African People's Socialist Party in the form of attacks on your whole movement, Chairman Amari's telling the African People's Socialist Party. It's an attack on the entire African Revolution, I want to say that. The other thing I want to say, brothers, uh, I know that this Tuesday is the like like the election day. And people may have already early voted, and you know, to me that's a mistake. I don't, I don't early vote because somebody might, you know, I might find out somebody about something on Sunday night that might sway my vote on Tuesday morning, right? So, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I understand some people have to early vote for whatever, you know, uh, for whatever reason. But uh, if you haven't already early voted and you're looking for uh, some 
ideas uh, and some direction as far as voting. Uh, I, w- I want to encourage people who believe in anything that I say, uh, believe in anything I say, sometimes makes sense to vote for a couple of candidates. And uh, uh, Mike Isaac is running for judge. He's in group, I think it's group 14. You should vote for Michael Isaac. He's, he's going to be a good judge for us. Uh, white dude. And I mean, you know, most everybody know me know that I don't really be rocking with with you know a whole lot of white people. A lot of white people ain't worth rocking with. But you know, if I if I say that this white person is somebody that we can um, that 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 will be useful for us, then you know, you know, people should take heed. I know a lot of times we show up to the ballot box and don't know, you know, don't just check based on the party or, you know, I don't know, maybe do the ABC or I don't know how we do it. Because a lot of us don't know who to vote for. But I'm telling you, when you get to the judges, Michael Isaac and Group 14 is a good judge and the sister Belinda Noah. I mean, her credentials are unmatched. The opponent can't even come close. I mean, if she is an elephant's foot the uh the the opponent might be a net and uh, just based on qualifications and experience and depth and not only that she believes in working for the people has some tremendous solutions and alternatives to uh the criminal business system and you know and so belinda noah is going to be a good judge for us and she's in group six and i just want to encourage people to vote for uh, uh, Attorney Michael Isaac, who's running for a judge, and Attorney Belinda Noah, who's also running for judge. And um, yeah, yeah I, I, if we can do that, we can get those people in office. We don't. We, I think we'll be able to see uh, how our vote in this election um, made a difference. Yeah, and I just want to share that with people in case it meant something. I appreciate okay. you allowing this time. To say so. All right, brother. Hey. Oh, oh yeah, 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 and the last thing, brother, uh, there's an attorney general election too, right? Uh, you know, the AG, oh, yeah. the AG's got to be Aramis Ayala. The AG, yeah, absolutely, Aramis Ayala. You know, if you don't, I know these, I know people don't know these names. That's why I'm saying them. Uh, a lot of people don't know these names. That's why I'm saying them. When you go to the booth, you know, hopefully this name will sound familiar to you, and you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, this is the one I need. The the the, the, the uh. Uh, pencil in. Uh, Aaron Ayala for Attorney General, uh, Belinda Noah for uh, uh, Group 6, uh, the judge in that group, Group 6, and Mike Isaac in uh, Group 14 is the judge, man. You see those names, tell everybody you know to do it, because I promise you, if we get these people in office, we'll, we'll see our ability to, uh, you know, uh, see how our vote made a difference. And, yeah, I got some yeah. serious there's some serious confidence in these people based on the statements they've made to me, not just based on their statements alone, but their actions in the past. And so, yeah, we, we, we can do something if we get these people in office. Okay. I appreciate you allowing me to share. You got it, brother. You got it. You got it. Peace, brother. Yeah, and, you know, before I mark the ballot, we have so much information at our fingertips with our telephones that it yeah. doesn't hurt to go and look up the names. It does not. It does so not. It does that not. helped me. I, I, and I suggest I, I don't, on this show, I don't, Tell people who to vote for, um, but they, I, I do introduce people to the the um, the the opponents, the different candidates that are out there, and um, we're really really uh, glad that Brother Malcolm called in and gave us that information, so that we will have you know so people will know the names at least um, that they see on those ballots definitely. Uh, let me just say, um, you know, again. Toxic bus tour. <laughs> Talking, listen, yeah. man. I, you know, Mabili, you're gonna be there, mm-hmm. right? Um, I have someone who was there, who's, who's watching right now. Um, uh, Dave Coleman, like I said, Dave is always there, man, at, at, at these things, and he's always promoting this type of thing because he knows the ser- how serious it is. This is very serious. We are. We are in a lot of trouble, folks, and and it's right up under our nose. Uh, the gas. Let, let's talk gas. Natural gas. So natural gas is a lot of people. A lot of people don't know this about how it's gained. You know, it's not just something just swoop about the air. Natural gas is a built up. Uh, it's a natural resource, right? And it's a fossil fuel, and you gain it by breaking through. The beneath the Earth's surface. Now, for us in Florida, we can't afford to do it because we have a very delicate ecosystem, and so it would. It would we have an aquifer there that would that would be poisoned because of the part the process. Now, uh, fracking 
also, you know, let's let's give the the opposite side of the argument uh, first, and that is the con, the, the the pro, right? The people who are for it, people who are for it are for it because it it does. There's there's evidence that it does in fact uh, free us up from the United States up from its reliance on um, foreign oil or foreign foreign um, gas, right? Uh, products, but. Eh, Here's the other side of that argument. The other side of the argument is at what cost, right? What are you doing in order to get it? If you can find it, when when you find it, you find a vein, you find it there. It's like finding uh, finding gold, right? You know that when you break ground, you're going to get gold. But how much are you going to get, hmm. right? Uh, so what they do is they take a, a water, a, a, a big hose, right, a jet hose, and they fill this container up with um, carcinogenic acids uh, that are that are used to shoot into the ground. They're shot into the ground and into a well, and it cracks the limestone formation that, that creates the aquifer. The aquifer is a tunnel, underground tunnel that contains water. That water is usually used for your water wells and things, right? Uh, it has been shown that most of these operations are done in places where there are black and brown people, right? Um, usually, you know, reservations out west or uh, some sort of poor community in the Appalachians or something like that where the people got to drink this water. Right when they when they pull that hose out, when they pull it out, they've cracked both layers of, of the the bottom layer of the of the aquifer, gotten the gas they're going to get out of it, and it, well, they're going to get the gas out of it, they're going to suction it out. But that's after they have pulled out this hose with the carcinogenic liquid in it. That carcinogen now is in the water, it's in the ground, the, the fractured ground, which is why they call it fracking. And what happens is that 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 uh, gas now. Is sold, right? Uh, is, is is gathered up and sold and sent down to various plants around the United States. In this particular case, uh, Tico has its own operation, sells it to itself. All right. All right. So it's not, it's not losing anything, but what does it leave behind? It leaves behind gas leaks and things like that. Right? Gas pipelines are prim- are, are are really a problem. A real resilience concern because it, it, I'm going to read this section for you, okay? The, the, the planhillsboro.org, right? In planhillsboro.org, it says, due to saltwater inundation, the, the valves and gas lines were corroded and had to be replaced before gas service could be resumed. This happens quite often. These are gas lines. And up until, up until now, number three wasn't even having these gas lines looked at. And 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 watched, monitored in any way. So there are all types of leaks along the way, explosions that were taking place. You've had explosions in homes as a result of the gas line. It almost happened in my house. Hmm. It almost happened in my house. We kept spilling the gas and wondering where is the gas. We don't. We couldn't figure it out. Pull back the doggone thing and and the gas line leaking. So this is a uh, negligence. Negligence, complete negligence. So the, taking care of the yeah, the supply lines, the the the, the utility supply lines leak. People, do, I mean, this is happening. I'm not making this up. This actually happened, and, and we have some of the leakiest gas pipes in the country. We're ranked number ten. Tampa. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, Tico has had that problem, and uh, even on its in its plants. And uh, five workers were killed in an explosion back in 2017. And I just just as you were talking about this, I remember hearing that Tico uh, was put on probation and fined for that. You know, finally, uh, just violating Occupational Safety and Health Administration standards because of this. You know, this is a this explosion. This is at the Apollo Beach. Power plant, which is where we will be on the twenty seventh. Exactly, and so give a prop shout out to Charlene Honeywell, Judge Charlene Honeywell. She's the U.S. District Court Judge that uh, of the Middle District of Florida that, that just uh, put a uh, Tico in jail 
<laughs> but what he did is he fined it five hundred grand. Yeah, five hundred thousand dollars. Was was that because was, of those workers? These yeah. are workers who were killed. So the question is, what what happened to the workers? What, what happened to their families now? Right. What's going to happen now? Is it worth it? No. Stop using the damn coal, man. Stop. <laughs> See, and and they, they invested. They invested in a whole community and putting a microgrid in a whole community. Again, a place where we, you and I went there. We saw it. Yeah. Right. South Shore Bay. Uh, you know, they have the the nice lagoon, and that's what they advertise, right? And they, they have the microgrid. You go on the Tico website, you will see the microgrid, uh, the microgrid, uh, uh, that they're talking about. They're self-contained in the, in the area. Guess what? 40 houses in the area. Just 40, 40 houses. It's only 15 minutes away, maybe 10, 15 minutes away from Progress Village, which is in the flood zone. So they built it. So, so that's outside the flood zone where they put this, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Solar panels, all this stuff. So they put they they have this solar panel microgrid pilot test that they did over there, and they have it. It's functioning. Everything's okay, right? But meantime, what happened to the infrastructure over in uh, Progress Village? Yeah. Yet they have they have a uh, diversity, equity, and, and uh, inclusion plan program mm. for the community. Come on, man. Right. So- Come on. They they're gonna be coming out of pocket if it doesn't change. I mean, apparently there was a settlement with the estates of the of the workers that died. Um, but yeah, you're right. The um, the procedure which happened at Tico was a it's it that sent workers to clear a, a blockage of hardened slag, which is what they call a molten coal. It was molten coal byproduct that drips. From a furnace into a cooling tank underneath it, mm-hmm. and there was a blockage. Uh, Tico didn't shut down the furnace when the blockage occurred, and instead called in a contractor to clear it with high pressure water, while the system was still running. So the slag gushed out from the tank and onto the workers. Um, then there was an explosion. That's right. But, uh, yeah, that was apparently a, a settlement with their states. So that their families would be okay. Man, listen, there, there's no amount. But it didn't no hold amount. a pre-job briefing with the contractors, so that too has to change. Yeah, it's called lockout tagout. I teach that class. It's it's, it's oh. lockout tagout course. It, it, it's a training course. It is something. It's a procedure that has to be that has to be done in any industrial situation. We have to shut down something for repairs or maintenance and things like that, you have to shut down the energy source all the way down to zero. So there's nothing like that. In this particular case, you have hydraulic, steam, you know, these types of different types of energy, electric, hydraulic, steam, and so forth. In this particular case, you had a high-pressure situation. And when they put that cold water on something in high pressure like that, what does it do? It explodes. Right, right, apparently. Now, that slag, if it wasn't cold, when it had slag, it's crystal. Right. Imagine something hardening on your skin. It, it, it's molten. It hits your skin. It's gone. Your body is gone. It's, it's disintegrated. It's in glass. Huh. Yeah, I know about getting something on your skin. Yeah, <laughs> man. You know yeah, That's similar. Yeah. You can't play around with that stuff, man. We're you can't running. play around with it. Getting close to the end of the show, hey. but this has been quite an informative show. It has been. It has been. I think so. I say <laughs> so. Do we have any public enemy, man? There's always some public enemy some around public somewhere. Enemy. Some good stuff. <laughs> I just want to say thank everybody for um, joining us today on the Sunday Forum. I want to thank everybody out there in Facebook land for watching. Uh, I want to thank everybody for um, for listening. Check out the Toxic Bus Tour 3 that's taking place on August 27th. August 27th, Saturday at 9 a.m. Boarding the bus at 8.30 a.m. And we will be leaving at 9 sharp. We will be returning at 3. Lunch is already paid for and provided. Get on the bus, the Toxic Bus Tour. Check it out. Check it out. Hey, folks, listen. Uh, You know, we have... To vote, we have the power. Right. You, you know, this country wasn't made, wasn't built uh, uh, by just one or two people. No, this country was built on the backs of slaves. This right. This country was built 
on the backs of labor, the blood of of, of natives. The listen of poor people, of people who are kept oppressed. We can fight this power. We can beat it. We can do everything and be everything we want to be. Right. We can do and be everything we want to be and have communities that are the best ever. Folks, it's up to you to make it happen. And fight Vote. the power. Fight the power. <laughs> fight the power. This is Walter L. Smith II, along with my main man, Mobilia, the fourth estate crew. And we are out right here on the Sunday Forum on WMNF 88.5. Tampa, peace. Host Martin Hoot Nanny is next, following headlines from National Public Radio News. MNF Tampa, 88.5.